Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. Hope you really enjoyed our last conversation in the last episode with Larissa Lamb. Let's join the conversation in this episode. You must have, I would think, Larissa, uh, a couple of other projects in the pipeline, as we say. Anything coming up that uh, might be might be happening soon or not too distant future? Well, um, I, I'm in the process of working on a new a documentary um, and just had another meeting for another one. Um, so Far East Deep South is um, about you know Chinese families in the in this in the Mississippi Delta. Um, I will say that it, it, it at its core, you know, even if you're not of Asian descent, um, it's really a, a a film about family and also just about this this idea of father and son relationships. So my next film is actually going to talk about since this Far East Deep South is more about the uh the patriarchal side of things i'm actually going to be doing a documentary on a chinese american woman who's from uh, mississippi as well but um she's an actress um who's now 85 years old um and her name is virginia wing uh and so she's had a fascinating life and so i'm going to be kind of looking at her life um through a different lens uh, about her life in in the south and but also her following her career path um through Hollywood, but also stage. Um, she just starred in a an off Broadway play production of Uncle Vanya with several, you know, uh, Broadway legends like Bill Irwin and um, and you know, kind of looking at um the lens of you know again she's eighty five. Some of the the limitations I think for women's roles or 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 how women were maybe objectified back in those days, and also especially as as an Asian woman, some of the stereotypes and um, limitations of opportunities that she would have had um, growing up in that era. And so it'll be a, a, a related film, but slightly different themes. There you go. One of the great things about interviewing uh, people of age is that, you know, you can ask them questions and out of their memory and their experiences come these incredible stories. And sometimes you didn't even know they were those stories were inside that person. So the fact that you were a, you're going to be able to capture that on a camera, that's that's going to be fun. You know what? Let me ask you this question about documentaries. That's that's really part of what I, uh, my favorite teaching genre uh, in the workshops and seminars I do. Documentaries are a lot of fun to do. Uh, we, we talked about how in Cleveland, Mississippi, and it was a journey of discovery. Documentaries can really be a wonderful discovery and they're usually unscripted. And so that must be a joy for you to discover things as you go along, yeah? Yeah, I definitely feel like there's that element of surprise. You never know what's going to happen, what's going to encounter. And really, there's there were some days when we were in the editing room where I kind of was like, somebody give me a script, please. Just give me a script. Because, um, you know, when you have a documentary, you're almost working in reverse, right? With the, with the narrative, you've got a script, you've got a roadmap. And so you kind of shoot what you have on the page, right? You're editing very closely. Of course, things still change and edit, you know, 
know, as we know, but like you, you still have a little bit of a roadmap in documentary filmmaking. Like you really are flying by the seat of your pants, especially if you're doing observational documentaries where you really don't know always what will happen. Um, and in our case, um, I actually thought um, our journey was just going to focus on um, Mississippi and um, the Chinese there. And then we ended up taking a complete left turn um, when we ended up going to the National Archives um, in San Francisco and we discovered these things called the Chinese exclusion files. Um, something that we learned along this journey was there was a sadly a, a, discriminatory, a discriminatory act passed by Congress back in 1882 that targeted specifically people of Chinese ethnicity. So um, now our immigration laws, if there's any type of restriction, it tends to be by country of origin, you know, by country. But that one was specifically targeted by race. And it's the only act of Congress that was passed that targeted uh, immigration policy by race. Um, so it didn't matter if you were Chinese and born in Canada, it didn't matter if you were Chinese born in Mexico, like as long as you were Chinese, you would not allowed to become to the United States after 1882 to work as a laborer. Um, and you could not become a you could not become a naturalized citizen. Um, so this was something that we discovered along the way, and we ended up finding these these files. Um, the the down the downside was is a bad law. Um, it, the 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 only silver lining is that we left a the the U.S. government left a paper trail. So remember, I said like my husband Baldwin didn't know anything about his father's side of the family. My my father in law didn't know. So as a result of learning about this law and learning about these files that existed, we ended up discovering this whole history about his family that was written because during the Chinese Exclusion Act, any Chinese person that entered or left the country had to be interrogated thoroughly so that to make sure people were who they said they were coming in and out of the country. So um, that ended up throwing me for a loop. I had to change the way we reframed the whole that we framed the whole film because it ended up becoming more it ended up becoming not just about Chinese in the South and it became more about just the the the, the immigration and uh, what what American identity was in this country. Did finding and discovering those files make you angry at all? You know, it did. It, it did make me angry in a lot of ways. And, you know, I know there's a lot of discussion nowadays about history and what should be in history. And and it's one of these things I feel like now, you know, one of one of my goals is to help broaden the way we talk about about American history. Um, and I know, again, it's gotten unfortunately very political. And I and I and I think it's a disservice when people use the words like displace or, you know, d change or even like suppressing like history because whether uh, whether you're trying to take things out or put things in because really history just is like we talk to historians all the time and, you know, it's like if somebody like tried to say like, ah, we're not going to talk about this part of the Bible because there's bad parts of the Bible, right? <laughs> like there are people that have done some terrible things in the Bible, right? Um, it did make me angry um, in, in some ways. At the same time, um, um, and and hopefully um, understand that, um, you know, history is something that that happens. Um, and, and you look at every culture and society around the world, and there's always going to be negative. There's always going to be positive. And, and I think it's important to see all of it. You know, history isn't your history, just that, that belongs to you. History isn't my history, that just belongs to me. History belongs to everybody, and it is part of our collective society. Finishing up our time with uh, film director, documentary film director, 
Larissa, uh, Larissa Lamb. And I would ask you this, how, how does your faith, uh, coupled with filmmaking, how does that work for you? I think for me, a lot of the reason why I wanted to do the documentary was because I wanted to show people God working in the real world, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of a lot of Christian films, especially today, um, you know, are inspired by a true story because that's beautiful. But I do feel like with documentary, like when it's not dramatized, right? Because I think people always say like, oh, that would that, you know, yeah, that happened. But like, oh, they over dramatized it. You know, when you see our film and when we come to that part where people discover the Bible, again, that's the spoiler, that really happened. You know, that was not, I mean, if I had written that in a script, nobody would believe me. It would be, too, it would be, also, too, it would be too cheesy, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be too cheesy. They'd be like, oh, they just shove that in because, you know, it's a Christian film. And our film, by the way, is not a Christian documentary because as mentioned, I was. it's been on PBS, it's been on, you know, mainstream outlets, but it does have faith themes to it, right? And and this is also a Christian family, my, you know, and you'll hear a little bit of, of my, uh, my, my father-in-law's testimony in here and it's tied to him being fatherless, you know? And so a lot of it is, is just very authentic. And when he shared that on camera, like I was like, I'm putting that in there because it, again, it wasn't forced in there. It's not like I asked him a question about faith. I just asked him a question and it ended up leading to him talking about how it profoundly, you know, changed his life. And that was authentic. And, you know, and here's the other thing, I think, you know, what I ended up discovering in, in our story in particular, there's this this assumption that somebody of Asian descent is automatically somebody who is a Buddhist or um, maybe an ancestor worshiper. Um, and so I've been very surprised of how many people have come up to our family after a screening and and those who are, you know, maybe who didn't grow up in a church were like, oh, how did your family become Christian or, or people who maybe didn't know a lot of, you know, Asian Christians. And you know, personally being in California, there's like Chinese churches, Korean churches, like, you know, everywhere, right? There's multi-ethnic churches. So that to me was normal. My husband and I both grew up in church, but for a lot of people, um, you know, Christianity is, is stereotypically associated with people that are white. Correct. And that's also, you know, kind of false, right? So, or maybe you think about the black church, right? But you normally don't think of other communities of color, especially the Asian community. And so I think that has all actually been able to open up conversations. So even portraying faith in a light that maybe people don't normally think about is, is something I'm interested in as well, because I feel like documentary um, has the power to illuminate people's real lives and how they authentically live. And if faith is authentically part of their life and you end up covering um, a, a topic and most, a, a lot of, you know, documentaries kind of fall into several categories, right? You've got the true crime ones, you've got celebrity ones, you've, and then you got historical ones, and then you've got kind of the social issue ones. And we, we kind of fall into the sort of historical social issue category. And for, for us, there's, I think, a lot of social issues that I'd love to see more people of faith, filmmakers, explore in a documentary form because I think there's a lot um, that can be that from a humanitarian, right? Like I think of all the amazing organizations and people that are doing incredible humanitarian work, right? Trying to um, 
build water wells in in different countries or even doing um you know getting gang gang violence reduced on the streets in urban cities like there's so many things that people are doing that are just things that people that are not of faith would care about that i'd love to see more filmmakers of faith tackling some of those topics that are universal that people say like yeah that's an injustice that's wrong like that like you know that's something we should be loving on people and showing it authentically and, and showing people that are of faith or or that are working in these spaces or or maybe having these testimonies in a real way that isn't always necessarily that come to jesus moment in a narrative scripted film you know what you're you're talking well said well said brava brava um the way you said it uh, regarding documentaries is that uh, the beauty of documentaries many times is that they begin to present themselves in an organic way. And because there's no script, it's people telling their stories along with the um, the director. Uh, and, and sometimes if it's a participatory documentary the director jumps in front of the camera or there's a host so there's the organic approach and i think it draws people in because if it's a good story it's like hey this is cool i didn't know that oh i didn't know that um that chinese americans were could be christian i thought they were all buddhist so that that was well said my my last question to you is as we finish up larissa is there something, you know, by the way, we have a lot of, of young ladies that are creatives that listen to the podcast. Maybe is there a word of advice or encouragement or wisdom uh, as your as your thought that that might uh, give them some clarity as to maybe where they're going with their faith and film? Yeah, I'd love, love to to speak to my sisters out there. You know, I think one of the things that happens is a lot of people will in underestimate you. Um, a lot of people will make assumptions about you. And just remember that there is a creator who has created you and uniquely designed you with your gifts and talents. And a lot of times um, people will underestimate that. Um, and so um, to be confident in, in the gifts that God has given you, um, to to pursue and and certainly surrounding yourself with I think a good support system, um, people that will pray for you and give you that encouragement. You know, really quickly, some crazy stories I've had as a as a woman that I know a man would never get is um, I remember doing a screening at an event and a woman came after me and she was actually an Asian, an older Asian woman too. Um, and she's like, you know, you'll never succeed as a director because you're too good looking. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Like, what kind of comment is that? Like, you know, that uh, I I would never be, oh yeah, you're too attractive. No one's gonna take you seriously. I'm like, wow. You know, that that was just, sometimes you're getting the opposition from your even your own gender. And um, we, we went to a red carpet event. Um, actually, it was our world premiere. And um, a woman, again, another woman of color <laughs> who um, was on the red carpet. My husband is my co-producer. I'm the director of, of our film. We're walking together and she goes up to my husband and says, so obviously you're the director of the film. 
and again i i just like it was like death stare at this like woman i've forgiven her i've forgiven her but <laughs> but you know that's the things that unfortunately as women we have to encounter is that people will always underestimate us or they will say things to us that will discourage us for whatever reason for sometimes superficial reasons and mm. it's really important to know your worth and know your worth in the eyes of god you know because um that's that's a battle that has to happen and i know that little devil that sits on your shoulder i'm thinking of all these like little cartoon examples right like where um that'll speak these lies to you that you're not good enough right that you you don't have what it takes or you know what you're a woman this is a man's world like this is this is these are the lies that the devil tells you um to to keep you from the fullest of your potential of the gifts that God has given you. So that's my encouragement is to brush that little negative voice aside um, that's sitting on your shoulder um, and continue to, to remember who created you. Don't give up. Don't give up. It's a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Don't give up. Larissa Lamb, what a pleasure to have you on the, the podcast. And perhaps we can bring you back in uh, a few years, a few seasons and find out what other projects you're working on. Thank you for sharing your time and the encouragement you gave here in these final thoughts as well. Thank you. Well, I appreciate um, being able to to speak a little bit and, and hopefully audience um, will have learned a little bit something more than they they <laughs> they didn't learn prior to listening to. Um, and of course, um, I'm I'm always happy to come back. Now, Larissa, you also have music besides uh, your your film work. Where can people find uh, your music? Where, where, where can they go to listen to it and to download it? Yeah, well, um, I've put out uh, four original albums that are all available on Spotify. Um, you can find it uh, find me on YouTube um, at Larissa Lamb Music. You can you know Amazon iTunes, whatever, whatever, whatever you listen to, you'll be able to find my music. Um, and of course, with the film, um, you can go to fareastdeepsouth.com to find more information about the film. And if you want to find out more about my music, my, my, my speaking, hosting, filmmaking, you can go to larisalam.com. Perfect. Thank you, Larissa. You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International, dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.